In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said, that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand. How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? Then they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, Do not even enter the village. And Jesus went on with his disciples at the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of God must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders, and the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days, rise again. And he said this plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, 
Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. End of reading. So in Mark 8, we have, uh, this is not to be confused with the feeding of the 5,000. This is actually another feeding of uh, what's called the feeding of the 4,000. Um, and it's it's clear that these are this is another incident of of Jesus feeding a mass crowd of people with just a few loaves because it says right here in uh let's see here in verse 19 he says when i broke the loaves for the 5000 how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up they said to him 12 and then jesus says again and the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven, which that's the one that we just read. So there are two different, there are two different episodes of Jesus doing this mass feeding thing. Okay. Uh, that's something that even I, even I forget sometimes. But uh, yeah, this is the feeding of the 4,000. And uh, what's interesting to me also is, is that thing I just read where Jesus has, has like a follow-up lesson. Uh, cause the feeding of the 5,000 had its own, you know, Jesus had his own things that he said at that time, which are specific to that instance. But Jesus here has some kind of follow up about the, the baskets full of, of the leftovers. Um, so in, in that one, they had 12, they have 12 in the feeding of the 5,000, they had 12 baskets. And then in this one, they had seven. And Jesus is pointing to something here, and the disciples are struggling to understand. Another thing to keep in mind here, verse 14, it says, they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf left with them in the boat. Uh, so, man, that is such a waste. They had they had seven baskets full of of the bread from uh, from the leftovers of this of this uh you know, feeding of the 4,000 says in verse eight, they ate and were satisfied and they took up the broken pieces left over seven baskets full. That's a lot. Uh, and, and so they end up in the boat with only one loaf <laughs> in the boat. So they forgot to bring, they forgot to bring those seven baskets full. And so verse 14, when it says they forgot verse 15, Jesus cautions them saying, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? So according to Jesus, this doesn't have to do with, Oh, you forgot the bread. Uh, we only have one piece of bread for all, for all of the disciples here. Um, so, you know, I, I know that people like to, like to peg these disciples as, as, you know, fools, as, as clumsy, bumbling, bumbling fools <laughs> that they don't know what's going on. But let's, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When you first read through this, 
I, I mean, I can relate to the disciples not understanding what Jesus was referring to here because they're thinking about the bread. And then Jesus also talks about bread, uh, you know, symbolically, if you will. So I can relate to the disciples not understanding, not understanding what Jesus was emphasizing or really focusing on here. So I don't read this. I don't read this and think, wow, the disciples are idiots. I read this and I see. Yeah, I, I have the same I have the same issue as the disciples. I'm I'm short sighted or I have an issue of perceiving or understanding what Jesus is really referring to here. And and I, I need him to to reveal to me and 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 meditate on this for me to be able to understand what he means here. Uh so right here in uh I got the ESV study bible here. It says uh, on the note on verse 17 through 18 it says the disciples hearts are still partially closed to the depth of Jesus' teaching and person for he asks if they do not yet perceive or understand although Jesus does not rebuke them as hard-hearted hypocrites like the Pharisees and scribes they still lack full understanding of who Jesus is while the Pharisees reject Jesus' teaching outright the disciples are slow to appreciate it the figurative reference to the eyes and ears echoes the healings of the deaf man and the blind man, and Jesus wants to open the ears and the eyes of his disciples. Here's the note on verse 21. When Jesus had twice multiplied food, the disciples were supposed to understand the significance of these miracles. He who stands before them is none other than the eternal creator, the giver of life. Okay. So Jesus says to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And leaven is this subtle substance that you put in the dough and it and like i said it spreads subtly and it and it lifts it lifts the bread but it's something that is small and sometimes i guess you could say like secret uh but it still spreads and has consequence widespread consequences and so jesus is saying beware of the leaven of the pharisees and the leaven of herod it could be it could even be small influence it could even be subtle or under or you know it's undetected but it still will have widespread consequences so you have to watch out for that um and so in the in the later conversation jesus asks his disciples who do people say that i am so he is he's engaging the the contemporary conversation so in the in the previous part he rebukes the pharisees because they it says why did this generation seek a sign no sign will be given to this generation and that's not because jesus didn't give signs he literally just fed the four thousand, which was the second time he did a, a mass feeding and the pharisees came arguing with jesus seeking a sign from heaven to test him and it's just like are you not paying attention? Do you not do you not see the signs that I already did? And you're asking for a sign as if I haven't done anything yet. So yeah, no sign will be given to this generation because you, I mean, you don't even appreciate the signs I already did. So there's there's a frustration there, and so that's why Jesus says, "Watch out uh, for the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod, because they don't they don't understand me. They don't appreciate me the way that they ought to." And so here, Jesus follows up in verse 27 
and he asks them, who do people say that I am? So he's once again engaging this public, this public dialogue or discourse about Jesus, about, about who he is. He rebuked the Pharisees. He rebuked Herod previously. Now he's saying, who do people say that I am? And here are the different, the different fan theories <laughs> that they had. Verse 28. Some people say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others say one of the prophets. And uh, Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? So this is uh, Jesus testing. This is Jesus testing his disciples. Have they, have they fallen for the, the leaven of the Pharisees? Or have they fallen for the, these fan theories, if you will, of Jesus? And uh, the answer is, verse 29, Peter answers him, you are the Christ. So the disciples there, uh, you know, Peter speaking on behalf of them, the disciples there, they do understand that he is the Christ. But there is still misunderstanding because later, right after, it says, so after Peter says that, Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. So Jesus has now revealed that to his disciples. That's when he began to teach them that. Um, and verse 30, he strictly charged the disciples not to tell anyone that he is the Christ. He strictly charged them to tell no one about him. So I'm, I'm speculating that he's saying, don't tell anyone that he is the Christ yet. Or the, don't tell anyone that, you know, he's going to die on the cross. The, the, the religious leaders are going to reject him. And after three days, he's going to rise again. And Jesus said that plainly to the disciples. And Peter began to rebuke him. And so, like I said, the disciples did get a certain level of this. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. And so Jesus is like, okay, so they got that. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal the whole thing of I'm going to suffer, die, and then resurrect. And so then when Peter started hearing that, he didn't get it. He didn't understand or accept that in the first place. And so Jesus there, verse 33, he rebukes Peter in that moment. And he gives this famous line, get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So, uh, like I said, Jesus is is trying to make sure that his disciples don't fall for the, the Pharisees' narrative of this thing. They don't fall for the, the public's different theories about Jesus, but that they have, they have the, the real agenda and understanding of what his ministry is about. Who do you say that I am? The Christ. Okay, so since I'm the Christ, I'm going to go into Jerusalem, suffer uh, at the hands of the authorities, die, rise again. And then when Peter hears that, he says the get behind me Satan thing. And then Jesus rebukes that because you've got it. Because if you don't understand that, you don't understand Jesus. If you don't trust in that, you're, you don't have a real relationship with Jesus if you miss that part. And so... That's why Jesus also follows up, verse 34, calling to the crowd, calling the crowd to him with his disciples. He said to all of them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, 
which that's kind of what Peter was was doing in that moment. No, Jesus, don't say that. You can't say that, that you're going to suffer and die for this gospel. Um, for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So um, Jesus is really making it explicitly clear. He's saying it plainly that he is the Christ. This is what he came to do. And this is this is the, the life that is worthy of the gospel, which is following in Jesus' footsteps of, of dying for his sake, dying for the sake of the, of the gospel. Losing your life for his sake will save your life. And trying to save your life um, to, to not give it up for the gospel's sake, you will forfeit your soul in doing that. So Jesus is not forfeiting his soul. He is giving his life for the sake of the gospel. I mean, his life is, is the gospel. He is giving his life for salvation. Um, and because of his giving of his life, he, he, he gives us life. Because of, his, because of his death, he makes our death worthwhile. He makes our death, uh, gives us the, the chance to, the hope and the, the assurance of passing from death into life. So this is who Jesus is. We've got to beware of these different, these different narratives and these different spins of, of who Jesus is and how we're supposed to appreciate him, how we're supposed to accept him or follow him or whatever. And Jesus says, no. This is what it means to follow me. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If you didn't get that part, then you're not following me. If if you didn't get that part, you don't you don't get me. If you don't understand that, you don't understand me. So Jesus is making that plainly clear. To beware of these false these false versions of following him and instead to understand truly who he is truly what he came to do, and therefore, truly how you ought to respond to him. So the the intensity of Jesus' ministry now is really turning up, and it's becoming explicitly clear to those who are intimate, intimately close to him what he came to do. So grow with the growth that's from God. from God